Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Mavericks podcast for, what is today, Wednesday, March 15th, episode number 98. I'm Mike, he's Jacob, he's at Not Jack Kemp, I am at Machine Sports, and you can also follow the show at uh, Locked On Mavs, and you can uh, shoot us some emails as well, we will reply to them, or not in like written form, but on the uh, podcast usually, if it's a decent topic that we need to kick around, and that is LockedOnMavs at Gmail. Dot com on the internet and you know jake it really feels like teams are stacking the deck and we're just <laughs> shuffling it well, i'm gonna clear it time to jump ship and get a new deck <laughs> that was the most confusing tweet i've seen in a long time <laughs> i love and i a see a lot of confusing of, tweets <laughs> yeah right a mix-up of, of metaphors and by the way they freaking like the second she hit send the Dubs went on like a twenty to two run and just wasted Philadelphia's makeshift lineup. Do you think Kerr had like a a tablet on the sideline and just showed Draymond? Like, look, light that this, fire. This is gonna be a problem if you don't go out here and get this game. <laughs> Imagine the next tweet. Your mom's all mad. Just she's gonna tweet something. It's not even that she's gonna tweet something, it's the people that are gonna reply to her. If you lose this game. Yeah. But another strong night for uh, my boy Super Dario. <laughs> okay. Now you're, now you're a Dario guy. <laughs> the ROI. Dude, you can definitely find tape of me telling you a year and a half ago. Like, look, once they get Sarge over here, pair him with Embiid and bring Noel off the bench. Okafor's an effing disaster. He did have like 22. Yeah, 22 last night. But he just gets. And he only played 23 minutes. But he just gets killed, killed, killed in the paint. He's not a real boy. He's just, he's half a man. The freaking lane is open for business when he's out there. Yeah. He might be the he might be the worst defensive big in the league outside of Cantor. And that's saying something. That's, yeah, I mean, I understand why they wanted to get off him. And uh, especially with all the other crap that swirls around him. But, damn, he's good offensively. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I mean, he was scoring at will last night. Let's see, how many shots did he take? Uh, he had 22 on 8 of 15, got to the line seven times. Dang. In 23 minutes, though, I mean, he's just – he was unstoppable because, I mean, you're not stopping him with Zaza and you're not stopping him with freaking – probably even really whenever they put Draymond on him. Yeah. David West is useless. <laughs> yeah. Against a dude like that. But enough of that. Enough 76ers for you? <laughs> well, next, never, but today. Next you're going to be telling me you're calling out Timothy Luawu. Cabaret. No, 
I was not. <laughs> um, all right, so we have a game against the uh, the Wizards tonight um, in Washington, not Jacksonville. And they are third in the East, if you haven't noticed. If you don't watch a lot of Eastern Conference basketball, the, uh, the Wiz are pretty dang special at this moment. They're half game back of Boston for the two seed and three back of Cleveland uh, overall. And since Christmas Day, they are 28-9 and nine, and a mere percentage points behind San Antonio for the best record in basketball in that stretch because the Spurs have only played 36 games in that mark or in that, uh, that set, and they went 28-8. The Wizards are 28-9. They have 37 games in that. They're first in three-point percentage. They are second in clutch rating at a plus 24.7. And I'm trying to – I'm, like, thumbing through all of their – the stats and all the the data that we can get on the Wizards. And the only thing, like, that I can pinpoint that's making them just exceptionally elite is they're knocking down threes at 40% clip, and they are the best transition offensive team and the best transition defensive team in basketball. That's and a good I, trick. I guess that's enough. Like, they don't do anything, like, super special uh in terms of like pace or shooting percentage they're all good i mean they're all like all the peripherals are like top 12 none of them are like super elite but if you can be the best transition team offensively and the best defensively and shoot 40 percent with two just ridiculous wings that uh and i'd love to know what this would just be like another wizard season if Otto porter didn't turn into Otto Porter. Without um, a doubt. I feel like. And this is the difference between, like, we've talked a lot about teams that were in the Wizards' shoes of last year. Like, say, the Pistons this year or the Trailblazers this year. Teams that have, like, elite talent um, already have these guys under under max contracts because they have to, but they have no way of getting better. There's no way of making some kind of progress next season because they're cap-strapped. They have, you know, most of their roster is solidified. The difference is the Wizards got Otto Porter to shoot, uh, to be like a a plus-seven net rating player this year and to play a ridiculously uh, efficient brand of basketball. And John John Wall in those 37 games has a 114 offensive rating, 105 defensive, 2.75 2.75 assist to turnover ratio, and John Wall is going to finish probably fifth or sixth in the MVP race. And Man. they are really stinking fun right now. Markeith Morris is having a better. I mean, I guess whenever you've got a point guard who's got 11 assists a game, everybody, everybody who plays with everybody him, everybody gets some. Is including Boyan Bogdanovich is going to <laughs> yeah. average 16 points a game on 47 percent from three. God Almighty. That dude's yeah. like only in his third, second year in the league, third year in the league, and I mean, that's honestly, yeah. I I don't I don't remember ever even hearing of him until last year. Like I don't remember him coming out of the draft at all. He went thirty-one to Brooklyn in the twenty fourteen draft, but I mean that dude is playing. He's scoring sixteen points a night. That's like, big, I man. Guarantee you, there are a lot of people who will tune in for the Mavs game tonight who have never even heard of that guy. Oh, for sure. And the only, only reason I know of him is because he was being thrown around as a trade ship, and I was like, why? And then I looked into him, and I'm like, oh, okay. 
Otto Porter is the classic example of something we talk about a lot, and that is just the first age like 20 through 25 and, you know, years one through four or whatever, you really, really have to be patient. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll get frustrated and piss away a Dwight or a Jay Crowder mm-hmm. or even perhaps Dwight Powell. But Otto Porter was so bad, so bad his first two years in the league. And that's a dude who went third overall. Yeah. And just so as you start, like, looking at the draft and you start watching the tournament, and you're like, oh, man, some of these dudes, they're going to step right in. You got to remember that unless you're, like, one of the top four or five players taken, and really, let's look at last year's draft. I mean – most of those dudes are not playing at all. Mm-hmm. You're going to the D League. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like, like whenever Jalen Brown does play, like people are like, wow. Yeah, and Brandon Ingram has played, is playing some because, you know, um, they're yeah, awful. Situation. Although that's usually the case. But Dragon Bender ha- doesn't play much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Dunn is only now playing. Jamal Murray's a nice player, but yeah. like uh, Thon McCurr is like now, only now playing. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, the Greek dude, the other Greek dude, the Suns took doesn't that went ended up with the Kings doesn't play that much. Yeah, at least last time I checked. So that's to say nothing of the picks that happen in like the mid twenties. So I don't know. It's just <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that whoever the Mavericks end up with, um, you'd be lucky if by year four they're Otto Porter, and he was taken third overall. Yeah, and he has. They have a decision on him this summer, don't they? I think he's Yeah, I mean, he'll be restricted, but, I mean, just, dude, I mean, he played nine minutes a night in 37 games his rookie year, and he was taken third. So, if you feel like you win some sort of crazy lottery and Dennis Smith falls to you, Mm -hmm. although he's not in the tournament, but it's pretty likely that he's in Frisco, (laughs) like, all all of next year, especially now that they have these two-way contracts where they don't have to pay a guy. The way I understand it is they don't have to pay him a full NBA salary. It's like wow. only prorated for the amount of time he's up, I think. Wow. I didn't realize that. Like, it kind of which, which, sucks. But. Which of these dudes do you really think is going to like play right away? I mean, I would say Fultz, Ball, Jackson, Tatum, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, Darren Fox needs a lot of work. Um, a start, lot of work. If you start dipping down in that territory – uh, Tila Kina, obviously, um, I mean, I assume he'd come right over, but I don't think that's out of the question. Um, let me see. Uh, hold on. I'm pulling up this mock draft. Like the Mark, Markinen's not playing right away. Like, sorry, no unless, unless you can find like a perfect bench unit for him. I would say, just shoot. I would say a similar thing about Malik Monk. Who yeah, he, is he, about to unseat Jalen Brown, at, or excuse me, as Brandon Ingram as the skinniest basketball player I've ever seen in my life <laughs> in the NBA. There's no way that dude weighs 200 pounds. Yeah. There's and no I, way. I think Jonathan Isaac would play immediately. Just cause Florida he's, State, dude? Yeah, yeah. That guy is super interesting to me. Our buddy Jason pointed him out to me at the start of the year, and I was not really in a position to see much Florida State basketball. Right. But I did see a little bit of him in the tournament, and – he looks like he might be able to play the five. Yeah, dude, he is really, really long and really, really explosive. And uh, the, the offensive game, like, I mean, only scored 11.9. I don't know. I don't even know how to take, like, college numbers anymore. Um, that doesn't and, concern me that much. 
Yeah, I just I don't think he's very polished offensively, which you can work on, and you're gonna have plenty of time to work on. He can too. put it on the floor a little bit though. Can For he? a dude, yeah, I mean, I think I think that dude has is the rare dude who I don't think he'll bust, and I would also not be surprised if he turns into a superstar. Yeah, like, I just I mean, I just worry about it like a Stanley Johnson out of him. How tall is Stanley Johnson though? He's like six nine, I think. See, I've always thought of him as a wing. Yeah, that's true. And this dude's playing the four or the five. I mean, he's he's he obviously obviously will have to fill out, and that's a dude that some people have falling. I mean, probably not to where the Mavericks are. And I guess if you want to get to the five thirty eight projection right now, they would pick ninth, right? Yeah, and right now they're ninth, and they have projected at uh, what thirty five wins, um, which I'm going to say thirty four. Just looking through the schedule, and especially if Wesley Matthews is going to miss extended time, and if they're going to go back and forth every time. Nerland's, uh his knee doesn't feel 1,000%, which honestly, that might just be, I don't know. There, there could be some games that can be that are being played <laughs> in that on that front. We should probably talk more about that tomorrow cause, since we yeah. haven't. Because I really do have, I mean, I'm, I'm legit concerned. Not even so much from a perspective of like that I, I think that I'm worried that he's not going to ever, like he's going to turn into Andrew Bynum. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned when it comes to like the contract, the negotiations, expectations but yeah you know I mean, they, anyways. they do this they do this kind of crap with people that uh are about to be either restricted or about to hit free agency i mean i remember doing this with brandon wright like three seasons yeah um but yeah we can carry that forward um i, I so think from go ahead they're what what they're in right now with the ninth overall pick for me that's the sweet spot like that's i'd be, I'd be fine with getting down to eight as well but i feel like if you can pull off um, the young guys still playing very well, being competitive in games, and granted they weren't very competitive the other night, but um, competitive against teams that you should with a decent, healthy roster. Against um, the bottom half of the league, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, And keep the eighth or ninth pick, then you've had your cake and you can eat it too. Yeah, I would agree, especially since I still would, like my dream scenario is still to get a point guard. Yeah. Um, And I have... I have a rule that I will dub the Shane Larkin rule, which <laughs> is I'm not ever taking a player in the first round who's under six one, yeah. Liter- literally, <laughs> literally ever. And I don't care. Probably a good rule. I don't care what his synergy pick and roll numbers are because I watched all the clips everyone showed me of Shane Larkin just roasting slew footed bigs right. uh, at Miami, and it didn't mean anything. So I'm comfortable with the idea of doing it in the second round, and I'm also comfortable saying that that means I might miss out on a once-in-a-blue-moon situation like uh, Isaiah Thomas or something. Yeah. Or Seth Curry, whatever. But if those guys were either undrafted or the last pick of the draft. I'm saying in the first round, if I'm picking at eight or nine, no chance. And most of the dudes that are in that range are not ever going to be that small, but that's just something to look out for. And I, I feel like from a Mavericks standpoint – Everybody's going to be watching Kentucky. So, mm-hmm. you know, just look at Malik Monk and try to imagine what he would be in the NBA because I don't think he would be a starter, even though he is probably 6'3". Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the dude is a combo backup guard. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that. I just think – I think he gets immediate minutes as a, as a microwave. Like, I feel like whatever coach gets him uh, is going to realize pretty quickly that that dude can light it up if it's him, he can. One on, if it's him one on five on the court, like he's gonna score. 
because he's a madman. But, yeah, I don't know if that – if sometimes that can work against you too. Like a lot of coaches don't want a gunner out there. They want you to, uh, you know, fit into their system first and, like, prove you can do that crap. And I feel like he would get minutes because you're going to need points from your, your second unit one way or the other. Ours is kind of different because it might be Dirk in our second unit next year. Because yeah. I don't think you can uh, – like, what is his role here? Like, if you have Berea as your backup point guard. And you have Curry. Yeah, Curry would probably start. I think they have to start Curry at this and point. And you have Yogi. And you have Yogi. I mean, and if Dirk's coming off the bench, then you definitely can start Curry because Matthews <laughs> is playing the three. Yeah, exactly. And uh, sorry to do that to Wes again where he's defending outside of his position. But, you know, whatever. You make a lot of money. Let's deal with it. Um you have but I don't help. Yeah, and I don't know what I don't know what Malik Monk would do on this team outside of uh, you know on the possessions that Berea and Dirk aren't running pick and roll, or could he be like a weak side shooter? He seems um, like more of that to me. Yeah, like and that'd be fine. You know, it's tough to judge roles at Kentucky too. Like Darren Fox is not that much bigger. He just looks bigger for one thing. I don't. I see they're both listed at two hundred, but. De'Aaron Fox looks so much bigger no, than Malik Monk to me. De'Aaron, De'Aaron's like, this list that I'm looking at has De'Aaron at 171. Oh, like, dude, no way. Like, and I know he can't shoot to save his life, and that's like the most fascinating thing to me. Is he's, that, wa- he's wa- he, Yeah, he can't, but he's got handles, and he looks long to me. Yeah, no, he is, dude. He's got, his arms are like really far away from his body. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe that. This wingspan is, like, massive. Um, so the point I was trying to make, though, is just, it just that over the last – since we started talking draft, some of these wings have jumped up. Yeah. And I so, mean, like, I'm going to watch Justin Jackson. Oh, for cause, sure. Because I've, I've read a but lot. But he, fa- he ain't falling to you, though. Uh, Justin Jackson. Talking. Justin, not Josh. Okay, Josh not, Jackson, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I really – like, I watched Josh Jackson play Kentucky earlier in the year, and he just drug that Kansas team. Like yeah. to the finish line, he is—he's something, man. He looks—he looks goofy when he shoots, and some coach will fix that pretty quickly. And he's—that dude is gonna be like I'm not gonna say Paul George necessarily, but he might be Paul George light, and he's damn special. But on uh, Justin Jackson, that's a deal where the NBA—and I don't know when this is gonna correct itself—but he—I feel like he's literally fallen just because he's old. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's how it works. I mean, you can watch. I can. The next five drafts, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee you no one over 20 is going to get drafted in the top five. It's just not happening. Dude, in this buy- draft, it might be like top 15. Yeah, it's 10. It's uh, If Draft Express has it right, the top 12 dudes are not 21 years old. There's so not he, one of in them. that model, he would be there for you. And it makes sense. I mean, it does make sense whenever you get down to it because um, – you want them to come to your university, basically. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're paying a premium pick to be able to train these guys um, at age 19 and get them into your system at age 19 so that in, you know, three years you know what they are and you know if they can. And teams that – the weird thing is teams that end up drafting this high in the draft usually end up losing their coach. <laughs> so the system that he even came into, like, people get in such tangled messes of – um, you know, when you draft a young player like this and you get to your, like, four and you don't even know what he is, like Willie Colleystein or somebody like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying about 
that development of those first few years, there's so many different pitfalls in there. And the one thing you can almost guarantee about the Mavericks is they'll almost certainly have the same coach mm-hmm. through whoever they draft this year's first contract. Yeah. So yes. I don't I, I think that it gives you a little bit more leeway. Um, and especially the fact that they're going to be, they'll have other young players on the floor. I'm not saying they're going to be okay with finishing ninth or 10th next year, but the era of 2014, where we just simply cannot play or even 13, like we cannot play a young player because we're terrified about missing the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen, but it does raise a question of like, okay, you're watching the tournament this weekend. You see Jonathan Isaac, you see Malik Monk, you see, uh, let's say Miles Bridges from Ooh. Michigan State, and then Frank Natilakina is still on the board from, yeah. you know, over there. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like Natilakina has. I still think that dude is, if if handled with care, can be elite. But would you rather go with like the known American quantity of someone like Monk? I mean, people fall into that trap all the time, and especially if a guy has a really good tournament. I mean. Like yeah. Tyrus, Tyrus Thomas got drafted like third overall once upon a time just because he had a he lit it up with the tournament. <laughs> but Tilakina, like I don't know, I talked with Mark the other night about like what does he do like next year? Like what is he what is he his rookie year? Like whenever the Mavericks think they're they've uh, they think they're probably a step ahead of where we probably think they are, and they think they should probably win forty five games next year. I think um, if you ask them honestly. And so what does Frank do next year for you? And my answer is a 6'5 point guard that can that can boogie a little bit, that has, you know, he's he's 18. He's got some juice to him. I want him to be like a lockdown defender next year. Like if they took Frank Tilakina, like I want that dude to be a maniac on the defensive end. Not to bulk up some, but again, that's you could literally say that about almost every single player <laughs> yeah. we've mentioned. Basically everybody except for the SMU kid. Uh, yeah. Simi Olo. Olaje. because he looks like a damn defensive end. I hope he comes back. Yeah. He has another year? Yeah, I think so, right? Uh oh, he has a junior. Wow, I saw he's twenty two, and I was like, "What?" Well, he tra- obviously with the transfer, yeah. but I, I, he won't be picked. At, maybe in the last five picks of the first round, but I just, I'd, I'd like to see them make another run next year. But yeah, he's he's massive, but um, he's scary. <laughs> so if you're look, what what would you? You're sitting at eight or nine, and it's Malik Monk or Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I'm taking Jonathan Isaac there, I believe, because um, that would almost present some of the same. I mean, you could, again, you could probably say this for a lot of dudes, but in his first couple of years, especially if Dirk's coming off the bench and you've signed Nerland's Noel, mm-hmm. you still have, you know, Barnes is going to be here for the duration, and Measury, I think, will be free, but I think you have some level of rights on him. But if you can, if you, if Isaac unlocks a lot of stuff, I mean, he's like, he's like what Harrison Barnes is to the three and four to me. He's he's like that to the four and five where he could probably play small ball five and be completely fine with it, and I don't know. I mean, I love probably, the dude's game, man. I really yeah. do. And and you see a lot of variation on where he's going to go. Like I've seen him as high as five, and I've seen him as low yeah. as twelve. So have I. Like earlier in the season, whenever like the first mock drafts came out, um, he was down around like fifteen, and people were like, "Wait a second here." Like I know all these Kentucky dudes are fun, and I know Laurie Markkinen's fun. Because he can, uh, you know, shoot the piss out of the ball, but Jonathan Isaac is exceptionally talented and a freak. He shot thirty-five um, percent from three this year and seventy-nine mm-hmm. or eighty percent from the line at six ten. 
that's that's fine. That's. I mean, he's only taking three threes a game, but still, a big who's taking three threes a game, basically playing the four or the five, and can also knock down 80% of their foul shots. That's, you know, it's only one year, but yeah. you're going to have that, again, with most of these dudes as – it's still so wild to me, like in college basketball, that like Villanova, Villanova won last year and didn't have one player drafted. Yeah, and like if you just go up and down the top ten, you know, it's still weird to me. Like Ben Simmons is this year, Markel Fultz is this year's Ben Simmons. Yeah, like uh, that, it just looked like he kind of didn't give an S for half the year. Right, the team doesn't make the tournament, and he's he's like almost happy they didn't like get invited to anything. He's like, I'm out by. Yeah, like is, Dennis Smith seems awesome, but is Gonzaga no, gonna have anybody? They're nowhere to be found. Uh, that I don't. I've not know. seen anybody in the first round from Gonzaga. I haven't watched one Gonzaga basketball game. <laughs> well, I watched. I watched games. I've watched this year: Oregon, Arizona. Uh, get some Bill Walton. I did. That was it. Was super lit. <laughs> Kansas, Kentucky, and a couple SMU games. So I'm about to uh, have to dive headfirst into. Realizing, I'm gonna be talking a lot about guard play. Is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> a little bit of guard. Well, uh, it's kind of it's a it's a good it's a really good era for guard play. It Just really say something is. Like say something like that. Yeah, and you know, control the ball, control the pace of the game. You know, veteran, you know, leadership in the backcourt, that type of stuff. Um, and if you get Jonathan Isaac, we can get you know, two fifths of the way to a entirely flat top Afro team. Yeah, which is which is my dream. Boy, man, that's this. It's an, we're getting into it in a kind of a circuitous route, but this is kind of like what we talked about at the start of the year, where it's like, man, I'd love to see a team of dudes that are all under twenty-five ish that Rick can, yeah, m- make his own. Yeah, and I think I basically they're just gonna put, they're gonna bring in these uh, guys that are projected to go like six through twelve in the draft, and whichever one can escape the room from Saul, that Rick sets up for him. <laughs> <laughs> then that's the one they're drafting, and I guess yeah. you've never seen Saul. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, okay, it's, it's, I, it's just it's just a torture room. I know what it is. <laughs> okay, it's, a, have, it's a movie. Yeah, I feel that's one of the movies that I tell people I've seen. I need to make that list because I think The Godfather came out today, however many years ago, and I'm like, love The Godfather. That tracking shot, incredible. Oh my god, the horse head. Even, yeah, totally in the bed. That's man. That might have been epic. That was probably my favorite part. <laughs> Oh, the tracking like, shot is good, fellas. Though, so that tells you they, that I can't even really get back. I can't even really get through this. And they and they keep pulling me in, right? Like totally, totally. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you about the Wizards and Mavs tomorrow. Thank you for listening, Jacob. Thank you for your time. All right, we'll see you.